Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. What is going on, everyone? Evan Giddings alongside Chuck Walters here with you on a Sunday morning here on 95.7 The Game. Going to be getting into a lot today. What do the 49ers have that makes them closer to Super Bowl contenders than pretenders? How close are we to the conclusion of the drama-filled 49ers quarterback situation? A lot to get into today, and we are pleased that you're joining us here on this sunny Sabbath in San Francisco. What's going on, Chuck? How you doing, man? I'm well. A little upset you didn't bring the donuts this morning, but can't complain. Well, it would have been cake only. I'm a clean, clean, non-glazed kind of guy, so I don't know if you would have liked that flavor. I can deal with the old fashions. Pure, do you even put cream in your coffee, or are you just, you just without the sugar, all sugar, how do you how do you take your your coffee and uh, coffee and donuts in the morning? Oh, it depends, honestly. Being a TV guy or and a radio guy that works late, typically my shift is from about three to midnight. Or if I'm down at the station, it's from six to ten. We're on the air, so typically I don't really need coffee. A bang energy will get me through the day. A bang energy? Yeah, that's Just, my thing. Unfortunately, I've been I've been sliding over to uh, some Zoas. I don't know if you've tried this new energy drink, but it's supposed to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson's clean green tea energy flavor. Not too bad, Chuck. Might have to hop on. No, I've been on the bang train, the ghost train. You know, they got all these aminos <laughs> in them, the C4? super creatine, whatever. Ah, the C four man makes me tingle. <laughs> well, what has made 49ers fans tingle? In the first preseason week has been Trey Lance. And you had a chance to be there in person in Santa Clara on Friday night. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, what were your overall takeaways from watching the 49ers and specifically Trey Lance in his first real in-game look of 2022? I just think impressive in every facet. And I don't want to be that guy that overreacts from one preseason game, from really 11 plays in a preseason game, but how can you not? He looked good. I mean, let's start with the leadership. I was on the sideline and was standing next to Juwan Jennings, who had his headset in. He was he was zoned in, going through his pregame warmups. I'm filming Trey Lance with my cell phone. I see him all the way across the field, getting ready to go into the tunnel before a, a big mob of fans was about to uh, say what's up to him. Instead, he, he cuts all the way across the field, good thirty yards or so. Daps up Jennings, says what's up, basically gives him some words of encouragement. And you just saw that throughout the day with Jennings, giving everyone high fives, really commanding the huddle. 
Then you hear that he retrieved Brock Purdy's ball. You saw him retrieve Danny Gray's ball. It's just, and then after the game, Nate Sudfeld said that the reason people are so drawn to him is because of his leadership. He loves seeing everyone succeed. So everything we've heard about the guy in terms of leadership and in terms of being a, a lot smarter than his, his years would show and a lot more mature than his years would show, that seems to be true. And then just the decision-making, to to pull it down on, that, uh, on his lone rush of the game and, and take the nine yards. But unlike that Arizona game last year where it seemed like whenever he would run, it was always run first and he never really showed the pass there, it looked like he was looking for some open receivers. There was no one there. Then he tucked it down and ran it. And I was actually really surprised. That was apparently the first time he ever slid. Apparently. Didn't you, look like it. How do you not slide in like a high school game at Dakota? He never slid? He was too good to play baseball. I think it would have whatever small town, 3,000 people in cornfields in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, I never had to slide. Or maybe he was, a, he was a Ricky Henderson fan. He just went in head first every single time. He never had to slide foot first. Yeah. I can't figure that one out either. Yeah. Was stunned. But I want to hear from the people as well. What did you take away from Trey Lance along with the San Francisco 49ers preseason week one? 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Comcast business text line. Feel free to chime in throughout the show, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. here today, four hours on 95.7 The Game. We got the great Eric Crocker of 49ers Locked, Locked On 49ers podcast coming up at 11 o'clock to break down everything, including an exciting DB in the name of Tony Womack. We'll get to him as well, along with a couple of other Friday night standouts. But I was just so happy, Chuck, to see, of course, Trey Lance on the field, but see him and I think get a glimpse as to how Kyle Shanahan is going to use him in the first, let's say, quarter of the season. I have basically expressed the fact that he's going to make Trey Lance, Kyle is, walk before he runs, runs before he gets to that full sprint. And that's kind of how I felt like things progressed. Granted, it's only 11 plays, but you see the first you know, a couple of throws, a screen pass, a quick out, and then we get to the more intermediate stuff before eventually the third and nine bomb to Danny Gray. It's going to be building blocks for Trey Lance throughout this season and especially early. And I was glad to see him really execute. I mean, he, he had a couple of throws that were a bit high, even, even the one that he completed on the sideline to the tight end. But I just felt like he looked comfortable and I know it's preseason. I know you're not going up against all of the ones on the other side and a pretty good Green Bay Packer team that has reason to expect big things out of them this season. But I was I was just excited to see Trey Lance just feel comfortable and specifically in the pocket. We saw him step up. Looked poised. You yeah. mentioned the slide, but everything, it looked like the game had slowed down for him, which I didn't see last year in either of the two regular season games except for maybe the last half of the Houston game. Yes, I'm always looking at the quarterback when the pocket collapses his feet. You know, does he get those happy feet or does he stand there comfortably? And he really stepped up, I thought, stood his ground, looked good in that facet. On that rollout, smart play there, good throw to to just dump it off and take that first option there, pick up a chunk of yards. Um, even the play where the pocket collapsed and he had nowhere to go, his receivers were bottled up. One of his tackles got beat. And, you know, he just stepped up, protected the ball, got as much as he could, which was minus one or minus two, and and took the sack is what it is. But there was nothing really from the 11 snaps that he took that 
showed me anything other than the fact that he looked poised beyond his years. And I thought it was a really impressive debut. A lot to be excited about for Niners fans. I know it's not going to be perfect from game one. And again, he was going against the Packers number twos, it seemed like, from snap number one. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like in a preseason game. It doesn't mean anything, but you want the win. Sure, it doesn't mean anything, but you want the eye test to at least come out as a positive, and that it was. And we'll absolutely get to the defense along with all the other great things that went down on Friday night. But, you know, sticking here with with Trey Lance just right off the rip. Another thing, too, I was interested in seeing was how he was going to look throwing to people that were not his starters or will not be on the field as much to begin the season. Obviously, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk not on the field. So we saw him hook up with Danny Gray, but we saw him drop off a couple of balls to, again, you know, a backup tight end, a backup wide receiver, guys that he may not be throwing to the entirety of the regular season, but he may have to rely on at some point. And this is where I think preseason is important to me is that you're getting a look at situations that may arise in an unideal spot throughout the regular season due to injuries. We had a couple of guys go down. Of course, Daniel Brunskill is going to be out a couple of weeks with a hamstring. Mike McGlinchey will not practice this week with a knee. We saw a couple of guys on defense have some minor injuries, but large in part, you're going to see these guys who will have to step up at some point in the regular season in a spot where, okay, there's not a lot on the line right now. So I, I was happy to see Trey comfortable around the offensive line that will likely have to rotate in at some point. And even if he took the sack, even if there was some pressure on him, it didn't really seem to bother him in a way that I felt pressure got to him. In the preseason of last year, that was one of the big positives for me. Yeah, he, he looked better than I thought he looked in those preseason games last year. And then you were talking about the wide receivers I don't know how – I mean, it's it's one preseason game. It's so tough from our perspective to to sit here and not be really impressed with Danny Gray and, and the speed that he has. And, look, I'm a Bearcats fan. I watched him quite a bit play SMU. Danny Gray was an SMU guy, and I've liked this guy from day number one. Um, and then you got Ray Ray McLeod. He's a burner. Had his best season last year with Pittsburgh. Probably going to be – more vital um, in terms of punt returning. Could be their number one punt returner when yeah. the season begins. But he's someone there. Uh, there are a couple questions that I have about the wide receiver core. One, we'll start with this. I haven't really heard the name Jawan Jennings at all this offseason. Where does he fit in the mix with all this influx of talent coming in? Does he get phased out a little more if someone like a Danny Gray or Ray Ray McLeod is to step up and uh, start stepping up their games, I guess you could say. And then another one. They signed Willie Sneed a few weeks back. I, I know they're trying to add depth to the position, and he, he's someone that has had some solid years behind him, is coming off his worst season of football. But my, my, my logic and my thinking right now is, why are they signing Willie Sneed? Because it seems like their receiver room is pretty full. Yeah, I, I think it was that was the corresponding move after Jordan Matthews went down with the torn ACL. I know he, he's kind of a taller tight end, but used to play wide receiver, obviously, with the Eagles. And so maybe there was just some some added depth there. But that's pretty much that's kind of where I'm at with the 49ers right now. And what I saw on Friday as well is the strength of this team is its depth. Now, you can't have depth at every single spot, but. You know, looking around the defensive line, obviously, there's depth. The secondary. Secondary, depth. yeah. Wide, deep. wide receiving core appears to be 
a lot of able bodies there. The offensive line, I mean, we had question marks about it coming in, but a couple of guys in terms of Banks, Burford, performed pretty admirably in their first preseason game. And so I don't know if there's a ton of, you know, top-heavy, all-pro, perennial Pro Bowl talent on the 49ers, except for a couple of guys, but they do not, in my opinion, have an issue with who's going to be the next man up, which not every team in the NFC nor around the NFL can say. No, I think uh, 1 through 21, just about at every position, I guess you could take out the guards because there are some question marks there. You're set at the tackle position, but on that offensive line, the interior guys, we'll see. With that being said, aside from that, 1 through 21, I I think it's a Super Bowl-laden roster. Now, 22 being the most important piece, Trey Lance, he's the big question mark coming in. I think your season really... It rides and dies on a couple things. A is staying healthy. We we saw in uh, 2020 how quickly your season can get derailed in two weeks. And, and, I mean, every year there's an NFL team that's in the mix, an injury hits them, and that's that. It's just what happens in this game. There's injuries every week. We saw it in preseason game number one. Look at the New York Jets. Non-contact. Zach Wilson's just taking a stroll, and his knee pops out. So it happens from time to time. Staying healthy is one. And then... Yeah, number two is, is is Trey Lance and how he progresses throughout the season. And based on what we saw from one preseason game, not a large sample size, not against the talent that he's going to be facing in the regular season, but there's nothing that showed you that this guy can't play football. But I'm, I'm curious, though, what are your expectations for Trey Lance? Is it more of a process thing where they're just kind of fundamental parts of his game that you're looking for is is it statistical is it you know he's got to be 3,000 plus yards got to be 20 plus touchdowns got to be you know 400 plus on the ground certain amount of attempts is it more of like do you have I guess a standard that Trey Lance statistically has to meet or is it mainly just things that you're looking for you hear so much that he's really smart Right, yeah. that he just has a good football mind. He's comes, not Kyler Murray. Comes from a football background. He doesn't have to watch 10 hours of tape <laughs> per week or whatever. There's, there's no clause in his contract. He's smart. He's a leader. He's got all the talent. That's all you hear. So when it comes to being smart, I just want to see good decision-making. I don't want to see someone that goes out there and makes the bad decision. From game number one, you didn't see it. Now, you hear, you hear in practice, in camp, he's made some dicey decisions. But I think you can point to the fact that it's practice A. B, he wants to see what he can get away with. The biggest thing, and it's like this in any industry, it's like this in really anything in life, the way you get better is to fail. You learn through failure. So him doing that in practice, learning through failure, he, he's kind of learned what he can't do in practice, and maybe that translates over to the game. I, I don't think from day number one it necessarily will. But if he's as smart as people say he is, and has as great a football mind as people says he does, then you would think he'll learn pretty quickly what he can and can't do. And that's what really excites me about him because the arm talent's there. You see it. And then the fact we overlook, this is a guy that's projected to have, uh, let me look at the rushing yards right now based on the prop bets, and we'll get to that later in the show. Can't wait. A whole bunch of good prop bets to get to, including one that is the free money Lock of the century. But Trey Lance right now is slated for 579 and a half rushing yards. That's a lot. Ooh. That's a lot. And especially because, as as we've learned, he's not a running quarterback. So 
a lot of those yards are going to be in situations like on second down and 10 where you got to take off and try and get seven or eight. Now, I think he'll, he'll, I guess he'll get better at sliding because apparently that was his first time he's ever done it. Insanity. <laughs> looked pretty good. Looked pretty flawless to me. He said he was dreaming about it in the hotel room the night before. He's like, you know, I was I was thinking about it as I went to sleep, how I would slide. And it just got me thinking. This guy played FCS football, played high school. And I know that there were talks of him. If he were to go to the Minnesota Golden Gophers back in the day, he would have to transition to, I believe it was defensive back, right? They yeah. wanted him to be a defensive back. But from my understanding, in high school and college, he only played quarterback. Yeah. So the fact that he's never slid either means that he liked the sidelines a whole bunch or he was truck sticking people. Well, it also points to the fact that he's an incredible athlete. If they're saying, you've never played this position in your life and we want to put you in the secondary. It's kind of like, uh, I got no, not, not a, an akin situation, but... For example, Keenan Allen was a five-star recruit from North Carolina as a free safety. Alabama wanted him to play secondary, but he's, he's like, no, I'm, I'm a wide receiver. I want to play wide receiver. So he went to a, a different school in Cal as kind of like a three-star guy and then worked his way up the depth chart. So there are multiple guys that have bet on themselves. And think of the athletes that have changed positions. They're usually pretty, like Pat White, for example. He was a quarterback at West Virginia, ended up switching, I think, to wide receiver. Um Braxton Miller is another one that comes to mind. Denard Robinson, all guys with wheels. So you got to be you, Terrell Pryor. You have to be really excited about that dimension of his game that I feel like we don't talk about a whole ton. The fact that if the pocket does collapse, he can step up like he showed. Look for the open man. Seemed like he had the vision. Looked at all three targets he had. No one was open. And then effortlessly picked up eight yards, just glided towards eight yards. Dude, I'm I'm excited. Well, I'm and, excited. And considering how much a quarterback has to digest before even the game starts and how much they're getting prepared for, what they're thinking about, all the different scenarios that are crossing their mind. And the thing that keeps Trey Lance up at night is sliding. Is like I, I can imagine that being the the part of the game that he was maybe most nervous for. Just because he's never he's done everything else, right? Even to, to whatever extent, he's made the passes, he's made throws, he's rolled out, he's you know, gone through play action, zone read options, but the one thing that he hadn't done, and I don't know if Shanahan just wouldn't let him practice, you know, sliding, but I, I do think it's funny that for a guy who's accomplished so much, like you mentioned in his career, and who has demonstrated himself to be, you know, an elite athlete as well as a quarterback, he's having nightmares about sliding. I mean, I just I think it's fascinating. Also, I'm glad you brought up the fact that, you know, as as far as the the pocket presence and the awareness is concerned, that that is something I am I, I am not necessarily sold on yet. Again, it's all from preseason, but that but that's to me also the most important part about Lance's game to begin. How comfortable he looks and how much how much of that deer in headlights has he left in year one? Because this will be his first season as the full-time starter, and the game is going to get real quick, real fast. And just based on the last few years, he hasn't had that many in-game opportunities to see guys running down his throat and having to stick in the pocket and make those passes. So as much as I, I was happy to see him make the intelligent decisions as far as stepping up in the pocket, being able to roll out, not trying to do too much like we saw in a game like Arizona last year, I am still a little, little hesitant. And I do want him to prove to me, as well as the rest of 49ers fans, that 
the game will continue to get slower like it did in week one. Yeah, I think you're going to see exponential growth week to week with this cat in terms of his decision-making. I thought already, based on what I saw last year, for, again, that Arizona game, it seemed like every time he would sit in the pocket, wait a few seconds, look down his targets, and wouldn't even really make the attempt to throw, it seemed like, before he was just like, I'm going to take off. He was running all the time in that Arizona game. Yesterday, it, it didn't, or not yesterday, Friday, it didn't really seem that way. So that's not the issue I have with Trey Lance. The intelligence, it hasn't been questioned at all by the coaches. I trust them more than anyone. I trust them more than the writers. They seem to say that this guy is the real deal when it comes to being a very knowledgeable quarterback that digests information and just can really, you know, dissect it on the on the fly and get a lot better in terms of that. I, I think the biggest thing, the biggest question mark entering Trey Lance's first year as the 49ers starting quarterback is going to be his accuracy. I really think accuracy is the biggest thing. Um, th- there was the one throw on the sideline to Danny Gray that looked like the throw may have been a little high, but if you see it in real time, it looked a little high. Yeah. When you go back, though, and watch it on Twitter, slowed down and everything, an elite wide receiver, Debo Samuel, he probably makes that catch with the toe tap. It, it just wasn't amazing sideline awareness, but at the same time, I mean... If there's one bad throw and in, in 11 snaps, you'll take it. Yeah, and and not every quarterback is going to make a perfect throw. That's why you got professional NFL ready wide receivers out there to be able to help you out if the ball is in a certain radius for a guy to be able to make that catch. I'm I'm kind of with you. I thought that you know Danny Gray demonstrated maybe the most important ability of a wide receiver, which is getting separation. And then it's incumbent, of course, on Trey Lance to be able to put it on him in an area that he can make that catch. Danny Gray was, I mean, I, I loved him from the first moment I saw him. Granted, it was at training camp. I'm not going to sit here and act like I was watching SMU because, you know, I, I don't gamble on games as much as you do, Chuck. But I'm a big AAC guy. Yeah? Big AAC guy. Oh, that's that's right, of course. Shout out to You know, so I actually, I went to Nerd. Willamette University. Our mascot is also a Bearcat, Chuck. I believe we're the one of, let's see, I think there's three Colleges with Bearcats around the country. I don't know the third off top, though. Binghamton. Binghamton? The Binghamton Bearcats. <laughs> have you ever seen a Bearcat before? They, yes, they, I have. They look so intimidating in pictures, but they're actually, they're not whatsoever. They're not feral creatures whatsoever. Although, I do think it's interesting that they are nicknamed uh, the Wolverine. Uh, a Bearcat is unofficially a, a Wolverine, of course. Most people associate it with being ferocious, but they're very cuddly. No, they're not ferocious whatsoever. Uh, but uh, Danny Gray looked ferocious running past, I mean, majority of the DBs that he faced. Again, not going up against all the number ones on the other side. But Danny Gray, we went down to f- the first day of training camp, and immediately what stood out to me was the fact that Danny Gray is not afraid to chirp, and he's not afraid to push everyone else in that wide receiving group. Like they were just warming up and doing their, you know, their simple sprints, like a five yard up and then you know, kind of tail off. And he was always lined up against Ayuk. And Danny Gurry's got that four three three speed and just took off off the gate and was staring back at Ayuk, telling him, you know, I'm doing this to you, I'm running past you, I'm this, I'm that. And it was clear on Friday night that he plays with a certain type of confidence that no one can guard him. I know that has to do a lot with his speed, but 
even if he's not you know wide receiver one out of the gate to me he brings a different dynamic to the 49ers offense as far as a burner a guy that can take the top off which whether you want to say is because of Jimmy Garoppolo's arm in the past I personally just don't think they've had a guy who is as much of a threat to be able to beat you deep, and then, of course, the quarterback to deliver that football. No, and I believe the backstory is former track star Yep, back in the day, academically ineligible, so had to go the junior college route. I, I believe he was originally supposed to go to Missouri um, just as a three-star recruit, so not a coveted guy. Went to Blinn Junior College, lit it up, had offers from just about everyone, not just about everyone, but, you know, the Tennessees of the world yeah. and, and schools like that, Texas, um, goes to SMU, lights it up there, leaves early, and here he is with the 49ers. And if you want to find someone that's a diamond in the rough, th that's usually the route they take, you know, because all these scouts, they're focused on the Ohio States of the world. They're trying to find the guys from Michigan and Notre Dame and guys on the national spotlight you don't usually look at the, the JUCO route. Um, was only at SMU for a short amount of time, which didn't give him a ton of eyeballs. So Diamond in the Rough's very possible with this young guy. We've heard good things about him all through camp. We saw it with our own eyes. Let's see it more than one preseason game and one preseason catch. But with that being said, again, the motto of today's show, the motto of Preseason game number one from the 49ers is so far so good. We know what we have with the starters. The 49ers know what they have in just about every position. We wanted to see how Trey Lance looked in game one. It was flawless. They got a win. Who cares? But it's better than a loss. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I mean, and in the preseason, you're just trying to figure out what you can kind of pencil in for the regular season. And a lot of that is kind of back end of the roster guys, people that are going to be having to step up. You're trying to figure out, all right, where's everyone slotting two, three, four, potentially in that, in that depth chart. And Danny Gray absolutely factors into that. A couple of guys as well on defense factor into that as, I mean, the defensive line, Drake Jackson, I know he was out with a stinger at the end of the game. Timetable TBD on him. Of course, Tony Womack stole the show. The undrafted Samuel Womack the third. Uh, Samuel Bar, Tony, me. Tony, Tony Womack. Tony Womack, a great <laughs> utility player in the bigs for a long time. No, I was uh I was doing a live shot and I was just terrified that I was gonna say the exact same thing because Tony, whenever you hear Womack, it's just instinct to say Tony Womack. And uh Samuel Womack the third's not a guy that's had a lot of a, a lot of name praise throughout the years because I mean, we're talking former walk-on from Toledo, which brings me to my point. How does a guy with four three speed? How is he ever a walk on? And those long of arms, yeah, he was he was he was fantastic. And we're going to get into him along with a couple of other standouts from Friday night coming up next. And then later on, the Giants had a celebration of the 2012 World Series in style as well as a shutout. The Warriors, an update on their schedule upcoming for the beginning of the season. We got some prop bets coming up that Chuck is excited about. We are rolling along. One half hour in here on 95.7 The Game. Back after this, Evan Giddings and Chuck Walters here on a Sunday. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Hello, Mary J. Blige on a Sunday morning. Sterling Bennett on the ones and twos back in the studio. Emma Giddings, Chuck Walters here with you on a Sunday morning on 95.7 The Game. It is a family fair here at 95.7 The Game, especially when it comes to fantasy sports, Chuck. We were just talking about during the break. We're trying to figure out, of course, we're trying to figure out, well, one, how many teams we're going to have in our league this year. You're here at 95.7 The Game. But... Who the hell is going number one this year in fantasy? Well, I, I got the text yesterday from one Mr. Lucas Alexander. I know he's cruising around right now in his Fiat. He spammed us, man. Um, anyways, $100 buy-in, man. I don't think I've ever been in a league with such high stakes. Oh, really? No. I would, well, I'm usually playing with a bunch of people that you know do the $15, $20 buy-in and the you know, the payout is so little. It's like 100 bucks to where by week six or whatever, you're kind of, you know, disengaged, basically, if you're not in the mix. But $100 buy-in, $1,000 payout. I mean, let's let's ride. But I do have to ask this, and I guess you brought it up first. I'll, I'll counter with that. Is this, is this the year a running back doesn't go number one? I think it could be in a lot of leagues, just because of... The uncertainty surrounding almost every run. You could pick, nitpick and find something wrong with every top running back in football right now. Yeah, text line, help us out. 888-957-9570. Jonathan Taylor appears to be the number one running back in most leagues, the number one pick in most leagues. Kamara someone that is always going to go high in the draft. Derrick Henry coming off the ACL. Is Henry expected to miss any time? I'm not sure about that, but I I, I can no s- no because he came back for the playoffs, so no. Well, and so but the reason why I can see a quarterback going one is just because it's there, there's so much more obvious and, and and kind of sexy names out there as opposed to I mean McCaffrey was kind of the clear number one going into last season, but now with multiple years of injury trouble, he I I think he's bar none the most dynamic running back in the game, but. With the injuries as well as the team around him, I I just don't know what's gonna what's Baker Mayfield gonna be. What's the Carolina team? They were hot at the beginning of last year. As soon as he goes down, they fall off. Sam Darnold's a question mark. Like what is gonna happen there? So there, there's so many different variables surrounding each of the running backs. Yeah, I haven't uh, ha- haven't had a date with Field Yates yet. 
So I got to kind of check it out and, and see what's up. But my strategy is always the same. And it usually leads to a championship loss, unfortunately, or a semifinals loss. But I'm always sneaking into the playoffs somehow. I go running back one. Yep. I go receiver with my second overall pick. And then I try to go with a running back with the third overall pick or with my you know third round pick. And I end up getting one of Seattle's handcuffs. I get like Chris Carson. He gets hurt week <laughs> one. And I really struggle until the later parts of the season when I can get someone off the waivers and make it work. Yeah, I, I never understand the people that go with Mahomes in, in round number two. I know he's great, but round seven, Kirk Cousins is always waiting there for you, and he puts up numbers. Well, that, that's why usually I'm pretty much running backs back-to-back. Back and I mean, unless you're number one overall, then maybe you might have to settle and just wait and kind of decide second, third round. But I, I like to fill out the running backs as quickly as possible just so I don't have to even think about who I'm going to plug and play. I'm not looking at James Robinson or any of the you know kind of bottom tier. Like the situation that I I dislike as a fantasy player is where you have a running back, running back one on a bad team, and I I just I I can't have that on my roster. So as much as I am a Carsonist in in reference to Chris Carson, not Carson Wentz, um, this year is I'm I'm praying that there's going to be enough question marks and people reaching for a wide receiver for a quarterback in that first round because they don't know which will allow you know a, a, a running back for a top 15 team in the league to be able to slip at least two of them I think you mentioned it best you got to stay away from anyone that's on an offense that's not dynamic whatsoever I made the mistake of going with DJ Chark last year early <laughs> early in my league it was a disaster that was one of the leagues where I just it was over by like week six. I went DJ Chark, and as you mentioned, I went James Robinson because he had the excellent stellar season uh, the prior year and, and was just Garbaggio last year, if I'm not mistaken. The yep. years at this point, they just kind of, they all blend in together when you get to this age, uh, especially with everything that's gone on the last few years. So got to get back in the fantasy football lab. 95-7 the game, early predictions. I would think that Lucas, hosting a fantasy football show, putting together the league, that he's the team to beat. But I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. Uh, I'll tell you this. It's going to be tough to to sneak away Brandon Ayuk in one of the later rounds in this market, in this league. But some of my leagues back home from uh, you know the childhood friends that I grew up with, they don't know who Brandon Ayuk is. He's not going to have, I don't think he's going to be projected to go very high in these fantasy football leagues based on his prop numbers, which again, tease, we'll get to that soon. I think he could be sneaky though. He could be real nice receiver too, or flex. 888-957-9570. Call in, text us on the Comcast Business text line. If you want to talk to Big Buck Chuck about his fantasy roster, Evan Giddings here with you on a Sunday. There's nothing more than, people love nothing more than other people talking about their fantasy football teams. You know, <laughs> people hate that. They despise it. Biggest pet peeves out there. There are a lot. But one is when people come in hot about their fantasy football team. It's like, dude, no one no one cares. No one cares about your fantasy football team. But we're giving tips here, so it's different. Well, the two people at this station that do care about fantasy football would be Joe Spadoni, who came in. You care about your own. Oh. You, you don't care about other people's, though, when they start talking about their league and they get into their bench and talking about the, the acquisitions that they made in week seven. It's like, dude, 
Come on, let me enjoy this bar. <laughs> and of course, the winner of last year's league, Craig Valentino, one of our handy producers, does a great Craig job. Craig won. Us. Craig, he did that. He did. Wow. Yeah, I believe he. I believe he had Jonathan Taylor and Tom Brady. Those were the two guys who kind of rode to the championship. That'll do it for him. He's a Tampa guy, so that would make sense that he won that the makes league. Makes me angry. <laughs> I, I will say though that with all the time he spends watching movie clips, he can quote just about every movie out there. He's a he's a multi talented man. He can quote every movie on the universe and win fantasy football leagues in his spare time. And he can run the the ones and twos. I haven't seen Craig in a while though. Oh, he'll be. He's he's been on the mornings. Has we kind of had to slot up and whatnot. So he'll be back on the nights soon enough, along with the weekends. Uh, big shout out to that guy. Speaking of groups with a lot to offer, the San Francisco 49ers running backs, and and I mean whether it be fantasy or otherwise, they are a difficult group. I think to project, except for the fact that and kind of what we talked about in the first segment. There's plenty of it. There are plenty of backs, and there's a lot of depth on this roster. I'm very interested to see whether or not they carry, you know, five or six backs because, of course, Elijah Mitchell, but you got Jeff Wilson Jr. Trey Sermon looked pretty good on Friday in the preseason game. Tyrion Davis Price was their pick this year. You know, there, there's a lot going on in the backfield for the 49ers, all of which attempted to take pressure off of Trey Lance. You know, what what did you kind of glean from the running back group there on Friday, having been there in person at Levi's Stadium on site? I mean, I know Mitchell wasn't able to get out on the field, but we saw a lot of Trey Sermon and a guy who has had a lot of expectations last year that kind of fell short for various reasons. But the running back group, even though there isn't a singular guy that I'm honed in on as, okay, he's going to be the bell cow back. This guy's going for 1,400, 1,500 yards. There's a lot to like about the group itself. Yeah, I mean, Jermichael Hasty was the guy that stood out just because he had the 14-yard run. And I know that he's listed as the third running back right now on the depth chart, or even maybe in the four. Uh, so he, he's way back there. Ty Davis Price, he averaged three and a half yards per carry. He, he got the bulk of the carries in that preseason game, 10 for 36 yards. He looked fine. Uh, one 10-yard run. Aside from that, it was mainly a few yards here, a few yards there. Nothing that really stood out with him, aside from the fact that he's pretty powerful for his size. And then Trey Sermon... Six carries, 11 yards, That's he's, he's a confusing one because you didn't hear much about him at all at Ohio State aside from that one big breakout January where he had the incredible record-setting performance against Clemson, backed it up with the big start against Alabama, and so far in the NFL, there's, there's really nothing that shows you, with all due respect, that he's going to carve out a role for this 49ers yeah. team. I mean, he, he's had carries. And he really hasn't done much with them. So I, I hope he turns the corner. He looks the part of an NFL running back, but the production just hasn't really been there. And then other course standouts. We mentioned Danny Gray. We mentioned, you know, the, the 99 yards, most of which coming on the 76 yard touchdown catch from Trey Lance there in the first half. And then, of course, not Tony, but Samuel Womack, the third, with two interceptions. I think he was he was the guy that, I mean, I, I did not know much of coming into camp. I mean, didn't know much of coming into the preseason, to be quite honest, but immediately jumps off the screen with a couple of interceptions and just how much he was able to sort of blanket guys. Like, I always wonder how difficult the nickel corner position really is to play, not only as a guy in his rookie season, but just in general with how many different ways and how many different types of receivers you have to cover. And we're going to run that by Eric Crocker coming up at 11 o'clock, host of Locked On 49ers podcast, former DB himself. But 
as far as Womack is concerned, this might be the one rookie really on the team that can possibly start from day one. Yeah, and that's the thing is he was getting praise and was a potential starting candidate before this game. So you come out in game number one, look the way that he did, pick off two the way that he did, one ripping it away on the sidelines and then the other one undercutting the route and taking it. Um, After the game, I was talking to Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, give me the drop. Give me the name drop there. Exclusively. And uh, (laughs) Sudfeld, Sudfeld was basically saying, so here's the deal. Have you ever seen Inspector Gadget and Samuel Womack the third in the same room? I did see this hit, by the way. Yeah, you you haven't seen it in the same job. room. He said that uh, he's got the go go gadget arms, where basically he doesn't look that long, and then all of a sudden he sticks out his arms, and it's just, and they stretch out, and he just gets a hand on everything, and you saw it from those two plays, really um, impressive. He's supposed to be great in press coverage. Really impressed, and and I really do believe if you gave me some betting odds, you know I'm taking them, that this is their starting cornerback, or excuse me, starting nickelback come day one. Darquez Denard, longtime Bengal. I've seen plenty of him. He gets the job done. But uh, if Samuel Womack III looks anything like he did in a small sample size against Jordan Love in the second unit Green Bay Packers, I'm warming up my hands right now. I liked what I saw. It was good. Well, so did Nate Sudfeld, and the fact that he dropped a go-go gadget reference is Dude. pretty impressive. I'll tell you what, Nate Sudfeld, he's he's 6'6". At least he's listed at 6'6". Yeah. He's got to be about 6'8". The Instagram ads all the time, they're trying to target me with those lift kits, you know, the, the shoes that give you about three inches. I'll give myself, I'll lift my, list myself at a solid 5'10". But uh, standing next to that guy, it was pretty embarrassing on television. I kind of want to scrub that thing off the internet because uh, eight inches on the air without a box to stand on, that's a... uh that's a big man next to a little guy. Were you thinking about your Vin Diesel moment where like he's got to stand on the box to be the same height as every other actor that he acts with in Fast and Furious? I don't have friends. <laughs> I do know that Tom Cruise wears the lift kits. He's a little guy. He's about 5'6 and adds about three inches with the shoes. Incredible that technology's gotten to the point nowadays where you can be a short king and throw on a pair of sneakers and get up to about six feet. But, yeah, I'm a man of integrity, and I'm not buying those shoes. I stood there and took it like a champ. But uh, oh, you, you, So you've never tried to sneak a 5'11 past, past someone? I'll list myself as 5'11 every once in a while, but, <laughs> but on the radio with the people listening, it's 5'10's fair, about 5'9 three quarters last time I measured. But you know what they say, after the age of 30, you're only shrinking. That's so by the time I'm about 60... I'll be about five foot seven. So. Extraordinarily average. There you go. Five foot ten. I, I think that's usually what I throw around. I've heard it's just about the average, so I'll take it. Yeah, extraordinary. But when you're interviewing quarterbacks, yeah, it's 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 not huge unless you're interviewing Kyler Murray. Then he's probably my size. There you go. That's Chuck Walters, Evan Giddings, with you here on ninety-five-seven. The game on a Sunday. Hit us up. 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Comcast business text line. We want to hear from you about the 49ers. What did you take away from the first preseason game? Whether it be Trey Lance, whether it be Kyle Shanahan, whether it be the defense, the depth, the running back group, the defensive backs, anything, we are more than happy to take your calls at 888-957-9570. One thing also that I was thinking about during this game, of course, the beginning of the Trey Lance era, 
He is QB1. That is undebatable at this point, indisputed. But how close are we to the conclusion of the quarterback transition, really? I mean, I know Trey is going to be out there. Jimmy will not. But Jimmy Garoppolo is still around the team. He's still in the building. Is he there on Friday? I didn't see him. It is weird seeing him number four in the depth chart behind Brock Purdy. That was about one of the strangest. Things. It's it's just a weird situation. You don't see it often. You don't see a player on the sideline, you know, at camp while everyone else is doing their drills on the main field, and he's on the side working out with a trainer, doing his own thing, trying to basically put the Uncle Rico audition tape together <laughs> to get in with another team. It reminds me of this story. Back in high school, I was about 16 years old at the time, dating my first ever girlfriend, and... Uh, I'm at her house. I, I'm there to break up with her. Uh oh. Yeah. So so I do. And the, the it's dad, not me. The, it's the, not you. It's me. It's not you. It's me. The dad comes down and has no idea that we've just broken up. She's not tipping her hand. She's not crying or anything. I guess you know it. It came later on, and he asked me to stay for dinner. Oh no. I said yes. <laughs> what? I sat there for forty minutes and ate a steak dinner with this family. That's that's how I feel. Jimmy Garoppolo is right now. So uh, it's just a strange situation for everyone involved, but it's where we are, and it's going to be over soon. I don't think he's being traded to anyone. I think he'll be released, and then from there, now maybe are the Jets in the mix? Probably not, after hearing the news that Zach Wilson's not going to be out for too long. But uh, the the team that I think should step up and, and go for him as a handcuff, assuming Daniel Jones is not who they think he is, and I think everyone around the league, I say this every single show, is how do the New York football giants still think Daniel Jones is their guy? That is a question that only a couple people can answer. And even those in the front office of the New York Giants, I don't know if they can really answer because they keep throwing them out there and we keep seeing the same thing, which is much to do about nothing. Yeah, I, I just don't think that they have any better options. And you know who is a better option is Jimmy Garoppolo. But their point may be, I, I don't want to put myself into the mind of an NFL GM and these ownership groups. Do it. But I'm thinking that they know they're going to stink this year. They've stunk for a long time. Let's keep racking up the picks. And eventually we're, we'll find our quarterback. Adding Jimmy Garoppolo to the mix in, in the Meadowlands. If they're still in the Meadowlands, I don't know if they are. But uh, adding him to the mix, I, I just, what's Jimmy Garoppolo going to do to the New York Giants? And the answer is not much. So the Browns seem to be a potential fit if, if, and it's a big if, the Deshaun Watson situation is back to uh, a, a full season. And then Seattle, he, he's not going to be traded there, but if he is released, Seattle does seem like a viable option unless they really think that Drew Locke is zipping passes um, and, and can be their guy this season, which if he is, uh, you would hope that the 49ers can kind of stop their schneid against the uh, the Seahawks because they've had their number, man. Well, he did go 11 for 15 or whatever it was over the weekend, Chuck. You Drew Locke, by all accounts, looked pretty good. Nate Sudfeld looked really good, too, at 8 for 11 <laughs> with 103 yards and a TD. So with the 132 rating, everyone on the Niners, really the only person that didn't look good in preseason was Jordan Love with the two TDs and three interceptions. Man, Green Bay's in trouble when Aaron Rodgers retires. Luckily, they have him for at least another year. Um, looking up and down that roster, I'm looking at the depth chart. 
I don't think the Packers are going to be that great. I really don't. Like to, like to the extent where they might not win the division in a division that is pretty <sighs> much theirs for the taking. I don't know. The Vikings are perennial eight and eight team. Um, I know they play seventeen now, so they got to be something's got to get. I can't, can't stand be, that. By the they way, they can't be eight. There and eight can't this be a five hundred team anymore. No, no, they, they, they're either below or they're right above it. Yeah. But uh, they don't strike me. I will say though that the Vikings do have a lot of weapons. So if they can stay healthy, we never see the Vikings stay healthy. It seems so. They could be interesting. I think the Bears stink. The Bears still stink if we have the drop. And then uh, the Lions. Yeah, Dan Campbell. I mean, guy's a maniac. Jamal Williams says all the right things, hypes up his team. I'm crying. I'm crying. Um, But (laughs) uh, aside from that, yeah, the the Lions are America's team right now. Oh, man. I I don't see much with the uh, Detroit Lions. Well, the Bay Area's team, San Francisco, looking pretty good in the preseason. And maybe most importantly, not having to deal with too many preseason ending, ending injuries. I know Jordan Matthews went down. Uh, they lost uh, They lost a lineman. But, you know, there, there hasn't been any big, impactful guys going down yet. And they, really, this is the goal, just to make it through the preseason, right? Apologies. Uh, but... All right, from the 925, Chuck, I'm sorry, they, they're, they're coming at you right now. You're going to hell for staying for steak dinner. That's that, that's coming from the Comcast business text line. We remained cool. I mean, even after pulling that power move, we were cool for the next few years as just friends. But, yeah, the, the steak dinner probably wasn't my wisest decision. But you're 16 years old. What do you do in that situation? Actually, mystery, I, I just dumped your daughter. I, I'm not going to stay for the steak, but I'll take it in the to-go box. Was it a ribeye? You take it. You just say, "Hey, medium rare." You know, just throw that one. On it the was table. a long time ago, but I should have known this family was sociopaths because they were eating their steak with ranch. Which I'm a big buttermilk ranch guy. You know, buttermilk and sadness. Sign me up. But um, with steak, more taboo. Ranch or Patrick Mahomes eating ketchup with his steak. I think he did that in like a. One of his hair commercials. Ketchup with steak? Yeah, yeah. No, or, sorry, the uh, the State Farm commercial. I'll, I'll mess around with ketchup on my eggs um, every once in a while or hot sauce, but ketchup on steak, no. I like my steak uh, with a little beignets, maybe a little crab on top, a little lobster little tail. little crab? I have steak. Oh my. I, I have what do they have in Cincinnati, Chuck? I, I have steak about once a year, so. Okay. No, just more, yeah, more of a lobster crab fish kind of guy especially now here in san francisco the seafood is so amazing so good can't afford it but it is fantastic whenever you get the opportunity and uh as far as the 49ers right now i mean just looking around this team there's a lot to be excited about and i feel like it's only going to grow and we're actually this is really what i'm looking forward to and, and we'll get to it on the other side of it's beginning hour number two but as far as the next preseason game, we may not see that many starters on the field against Minnesota come next Saturday, but we will be seeing a lot of those starters, most importantly in the joint practices on Wednesday and Thursday when the 49ers travel. Will we be seeing them, though? How, how do we watch that joint practice? Will we just be hearing about it through the beat writers? That's what I want to know. Um, Probably. I, I'd rather see it on Channel 5. Shouts. But uh, it sounds like we're not going to be seeing much in, in terms of the starters. But again, Danny Gray, he's someone I want to see again. Samuel Womack the third, I would imagine he would play. And then how about Marcelino McCrary Ball? Nice story. Uh, it, it's interesting because he was a safety at Indiana. 
now a linebacker, undersized, six feet two twenty. But all reports are that this guy maybe a, a master of none, but the jack of all trades, and that could be interesting as a second or third string guy. So he's someone that I'd like to see play a little bit more in that second preseason game and see what he's all about because. You know, it's not always the size of the fight and the dog. It's the, excuse me, it's not always the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight and the dog. So even though he's undersized, that doesn't mean he can't play. Um, instincts are good. So watch out for Marcelino McCrary ball throughout the offseason. Good story. Undrafted. We're, we're going right down the 49ers depth chart all day long well, here he on a Sunday pick. morning. He had the pick, so you got to bring him up. Oh, well, there's, there's a lot of standouts from Friday. I am curious to see how they're going to switch up the amount of snaps, like for example, Womack had two picks that played you know, a little less than 10 minutes. So he was out there the majority of the time, but really made the most of his opportunities. Danny Gray, of course, made the most of his opportunities. So did some standouts along the offensive line. If you want to talk about that, you want to talk about who you're looking forward to seeing potentially or hearing about from the beat writers and the joint practices upcoming this week or in game two of the preseason next Saturday against Minnesota, hit us up. 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Comcast business text line who continues to come down Chuck's road from the 650. Steak with ranch is worse than what Chuck did. Steak with ranch should be should put someone in handcuffs. So I'm not in the wrong. Oh, yeah, did, did, mis, did misread that one. Not as bad as my my Tony Womack mess up, but uh, as far as steak with ranch. Now, I, I mean, I, I could also kind of see where that might be a little bit enticing. I know it's I know it's not right. I know it they do not pair together, but sometimes ranches is one of those utility condiments. It, it pairs. Oh yeah. Ranch pairs with anything. I, people that don't eat their pizza with ranch, you guys are living a sad life because it's delicious. I will say this though, every once in a while you go to a really good pizza place, you ask for ranch, especially if you're in like Italy. You ask for ranch. One, I, I don't know if they serve the the ranch in Italy at some of these, you know, some of the they got the Italian dressing over there, but uh, with that being said, it is very good. But sometimes they'll stick your nose up at you. What you don't like our pizza that needs ranch? Yeah, a little dry, a little dry. Who's the ranch of the San Francisco 49ers? These are the hard hitting questions we're answering on a Sunday morning. Back with more after this. Chuck Walters, Evan Giddings here on 95 7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.